Max and Morris, A Juvenile History in Seven Tricks, by William Bush, from the German by Charles T. Brooks, read by Nathan Lewin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Max and Morris, Preface Ah, how oft we read or hear of boys we almost stand in fear of, for example, take these stories of two youths named Max and Morris, who, instead of early turning their young minds to useful learning, often leered with horrid features at their lessons and their teachers. Look now at the empty head he is for mischief always ready, teasing creatures, climbing fences, stealing apples, pears, and quenzes, is, of course, a deal more pleasant and far easier for the present than to sit in schools or churches fixed like roosters on their perches but oh dear oh dear oh dearie when the end comes sad and dreary tis a dreadful thing to tell that on max and morris fell all they did this book rehearses both in pictures and in verses trick first to most people who have leisure raising poultry gives great pleasure first because the eggs they lay us for the care we take repay us secondly that now and then we can dine on roasted hen thirdly of the hens and gooses feathers men make various uses some folks like to rest their heads in the night on feather beds one of these was widow tibbets whom the cut you see exhibits hen were hers in number three and a cock of majesty max and morris took a view fell to thinking what to do one two three as soon as said they have sliced a loaf of bread cut each piece again in four, each a finger thick, no more. These to two cross-threads they tie, like a leather X they lie, in the widow's yard with care, stretched by those two rascals there. Scarce the cock had seen the sight, when he up and crew with might. Cock-a-doodle-doodle-doo, tack-tack-tack, the trio flew. Cocks and hens, like fowls unfed, gobbled each a piece of bread. But they found, on taking thought, each of them was badly caught. Every way they pull and twitch, this strange cat's cradle to unhitch. Up into their air they fly, Jiminy, oh Jiminy. On a tree behold them dangling, in the agony of strangling. And their necks grow long and longer, and their groans grow strong and stronger. Each lays quickly one egg more, then they cross to the other shore. Widow Tibbets in her chamber, by these deaf cries wakes from slumber, rushes out with bodeful thought, Heavens, what a sight her vision caught! From her eyes the tears are streaming, Oh, my cares, my toil, my dreaming! Ah, life's fairest hope, says she, hangs upon that apple-tree! Heartsick, you may well suppose, for the carving knife she goes, cuts the bodies from the bough, hanging cold and lifeless now, and in silence, bathed in tears, through her house-door disappears. This was the bad boy's first trick, but the second follows quick. Trick second. When the worthy widow Tibbets, whom the cut below exhibits, had recovered on the morrow from the dreadful shock and sorrow, she, as soon as grief would let her think, began to think twere better just to take the dead the dear ones, who in life were walking here once, and in a still noonday hour, them well roasted, to devour. True, it did seem almost wicked when they lay so bare and naked, 
picked in the singe before the blaze they had once in happier days in the yard or garden ground all day long went scratching round ah frau tibbets wept anew and poor spitz was with her too max and morris smelt the savour climb the roof cried each young shaver through the chimney now of pleasure they behold the tempting treasure headless in the pan there lying hissing browning steaming frying at that moment down the cellar dreaming not what soon befell her widow tippets went for sauerkraut which she would oft devour with exceeding great desire warmed a little at the fire up there on the roof meanwhile they are doing things in style max already with forethought a long fishing line has brought schnoop de whoop there goes old jimny one hand dangling up the chimney schnoop de whoop a second bird schnoop de whoop up comes the third presto a number four they haul schnoop de whoop we have them all spritz looks on we must allow but he barks ra 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 but the rogues are down in stanter from the roof and off they canter ha i guess there'll be a humming here's the widow tibbets coming rooted stood she to the spot when the pan her vision caught gone was every blessed bird horrid spitz was her first word oh you spitz you monster you let me beat him black and blue and the heavy ladle thwack comes down on poor spitz's back loud he yells with agony for he feels his conscience free max and morris dinner over in a head snored under cover and of that great hen feast now each has but a leg to show this was now the second trick but the third will follow quick trick third through the town and country round was one mr buck renowned sunday coats and weekday sack coats bobtails swallow-tails and frock-coats gaiters breeches hunting jackets waistcoats with commodious pockets and other things too long to mention claimed mr taylor buck's attention or if anything wanted doing in the way of darning sewing piecing patching if a button needed to be fixed or put on anything of any kind anywhere before behind master buck could do the same for it was his life's great aim therefore all the population held him high in estimation max and morris tried to invent ways to plague this worthy gent right before the sarder's dwelling ran a swift stream roaring swelling this swift stream a bridge did span and the road across it ran max and morris not could awe them took a saw when no one saw them ritza ratza riddle diddle sought a gap across the middle when this feat was finished well suddenly was heard a yell hallo there come out you buck tailor tailor muck 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 buck could bear all sorts of jeering jibes and jokes and silence hearing but this insult roused such anger nature couldn't stand it longer wild with fury up he started with his yardstick out he darted for once more that frightful jeer muck 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 rang loud and clear on the bridge one leap he makes crash beneath his weight it breaks once more rings the cry muck muck in head foremost plumps poor buck while the scared boys were skedaddling down the brook two geese came paddling on the legs of these two geese with a deft clutch buck did seize and with both geese well in hand flutters out upon dry land for the rest he did not find things exactly to his mind soon it proved for buck had brought a dreadful bellyache from the water noble mrs buck she rises fully equal to the crisis with a hot flat iron she draws the cold out famously soon twas in the mouths of men all through town bucks up again this was the bad boy's third trick but the fourth will follow quick trick fourth an old saw runs somewhat so 
man must learn while here below. Not alone the ABC raises man in dignity. Not alone in reading, writing, reason finds a work inviting. Not alone to solve the double rule of three shall man take trouble, but must hear with pleasure sages teach the wisdom of the ages. Of this wisdom an example to the world was Master Lample. For this cause to Maxim Morris this man was the chief of horrors. For a boy who loves bad tricks, wisdom's friendship never seeks. With the clerical profession, smoking always was a passion, and this habit without question, while it helps promote digestion, is a comfort no one can well begrudge a good old man, when the day's vexation close, and he sits to seek repose. Max and Morris, flinty-hearted, on another trick have started, thinking how they might attack a poor old man through his tobacco. Once, when Sunday morning breaking, pious hearts to gladness waking, poured its light where in the temple at his organ sate herr lempel these bad boys for mischief ready stolen to the good man's study where his darling meerschaum stands this max holds in both his hands while young morris scapegrace born climbs and gets the powder horn and with speed the wicked soul pours the powder in the bowl hush and quick now right about for already church is out lempel closes the church door glad to seek his home once more all his service well got through, takes his keys, and music too, and his way delighted wends, homeward to his silent friends. Full of gratitude he there lights his pipe and takes his chair. Ah, he says, no joy is found like contentment on earth's round. Fizz, whiz, boom, the pipe is burst, almost shattered into dust. Coffee pot and water jug, snuff box, inkstand, tumbler, mug, table, stove, and easy chair, all are flying through the air in a lightning powder flash with a most tremendous crash. When the smoke cloud lifts and clears, Lempel on his back appears. God be praised, still breathing there, only somewhat worse for wear. Nose, hands, eyebrows, once like yours, now are black as any moors. Burned the last thin spear of hair, and his pate is wholly bare. Who shall now the children guide, leave their steps to wisdom's side? Who shall now for Master Lempel lead the service in the temple? Now that his old pipe is out, shattered, smashed, gone up the spout, time will heal the rest once more, but the pipe's best days are o'er. This was the bad boy's fourth trick, but the fifth will follow quick. Trick Fifth If, in village or in town, you've an uncle settled down, always treat him courteously, Uncle will be pleased thereby. In the morning, morning to you, any errand I can do you. Fetch whatever he may need, pipe to smoke and news to read. Or, should some confounding thing prick his back or bite or sting, nephew then will be nearby, ready to his help to fly. Or a pinch of snuff may be, sets him sneezing violently. Blows it, uncle, good health to you. God be praised, much good may do you. Or he comes home late perchance, pull his boot off there at once fetch his slippers and his cap, and warm gown his limbs to wrap. Be your constant care, good boy, what shall give your uncle joy. Max and Morris, need I mention, had not any such intention. See now how they try their wits, these bad boys, on Uncle Fritz. What kind of a bird a may bug was they knew, I dare say. In the trees they may be found, flying, crawling, wriggling round. Max and Morris, great pains taking, from the tree these bugs are shaking. In their cornucopia papers they collect these pinching creepers. Soon they are deposited in the foot of uncle's bed. 
With his peak nightcap on, Uncle Fritz to bed has gone, tucks the clothes in, shuts his eyes, and in sweetest slumber lies. Fritze, Kratze, come the Tartars, single file from their night quarters, and the captain boldly goes straight at Uncle Fritz's nose. Bah! he cries, what have we here? Seizing that grim grenadier. Uncle, wild with fright, upspringeth, and the bedclothes from him flingeth. Ouch! He seizes two more scape graces from his shin and nape, crawling, flying to and fro, round the buzzing rascals go. Wild with fury, Uncle Fritz stamps and slashes them to bits. Oh, be joyful, all gone by, is the Maybug's deviltry. Uncle Fritz, his eyes can close, once again in sweet repose. This was the bad boy's fifth trick, but the sixth will follow quick. Trick Sixth Easter days have come again, when the pious baker men bake all sorts of sugar things, plum cakes, ginger cakes, and rings. Max and Morris feel an ache in their sweet tooth for some cake. But the baker, thoughtfully, locks his shop and takes the key. Who would steal, then this must do. Wriggle down the chimney flue. Ratch, there come the boys by Jimney, black as ravens down the chimney. Puff, into a chest they drop, full of flour up to the top. Out they crawl from under cover, just as white as chalk all over. But the cracknel's precious treasure, on a shelf they spy with pleasure. Nax, the chair breaks, down they go. Schwop, into a trough of dough. All enveloped now in dough, see them, monuments of woe. In the baker comes and snickers when he sees the sugar liquors. One, two, three, and the brats behold, into two good brots are rolled. There's the oven all red-hot, shove him in as quick as thought, rough out with him from the heat. They are brown and good to eat. Now you think they've paid the debt? No, my friend, they're living yet. Nusper nasper, like two mice, through their roofs they gnaw in a trice. And the baker cries, you bet, there's the rascals living yet. This was the bad boy's sixth trick, but the last will follow quick. Last trick. Max and Morris, I grow sick when I think on your last trick. Why must these two scallywags cut those gashes in the bags? See, the farmer on his back carries corn off in a sack. Scarce as he began to travel, when the corn runs out like gravel. All at once he stops and cries, Darn it, I see where it lies. Ha! With what delighted eyes, Max and Morris he espies. Rabs, he open wide his sack, shoves the rogues in, hook a pack. It grows warm with Max and Morris, for to mill the farmer hurries. Master Mirror, hello man, grind me that as quick as you can. In with him, each wretched flopper, headlong goes into the hopper. As the farmer turns his back, he hears the mill go creaky-cracky. Here you see the bits post-mortem, just as fate was pleased to sort him. Master Miller's ducks with speed gobbled up the coarse-grained feed. Conclusion In the village not a word, not a sign of grief was heard. Widow Tippets, speaking low, said, I thought it would be so. None but self, cried Buck to blame. Mischief is not life's true aim. Then said gravely Teacher Lample, There again is an example. To be sure, bad thing for youth, said the baker, a sweet tooth. Even uncle says, good folks, see what comes of stupid jokes. But the honest farmer, guy, what concern is that to I? Through the place, in short, there went one wide murmur of content. God be praised, the town is free from this great rascality. End of Max and Morris, A Juvenile History in Seven Tricks by William Bush 
From the German by Charles T. Brooks. Read by Nathan Lewin. October 2021. Israel.